What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hardcore Troubadour. My name is Brian Wallace. And my name is Tyler Short, and it's just a wonderful May evening right now. That's right. It's May, the month it's of May. 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 Ah, you know, the precipice of summer, mm-hmm. of spring. It's beautiful. Um, Tyler, we've got another special detour coming up for our listeners and 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 really selfishly for us but yes we hope you join with us what are we going to be doing today talking about tom petty my dude talking about tom fucking petty so we're going to dive into this in a similar way to how we did uh with bruce springsteen a little while back um meaning we've picked a set of albums that are not comprehensive by any means but that are a combination the ones we like the ones we like, and there are others we like too, but yeah. these were the ones that we kind of agreed on. Like, and they're important. Absolutely. That combination of we, we both like them personally, and there's no denying that they're an important part of his very big discography. Um, we're going to break it into two parts the same way we did with the boss. Um, and then before we actually dive in and start talking about records and specific tracks, we're going to talk a little bit about how we came to be Tom Petty fans in the first place, because I think Tyler and I have kind of both realized it's another way that our paths were connected or like we had similar journeys. So weird too. I know. I know. You're so much older than me. (laughs) Not really, but I was like, first of all, like, (laughs) not really, uh... (laughs) but you are. (laughs) I'm just going to sit with that for a second. Um, It's dude. It is one of those things though. Like, Cause I was thinking about it in terms of my kid, you know, like when you're young, somebody who's like a year or two older than you feels like a lot older than you. Oh yeah. And then the, the further along you get, you're into like anybody, you know, as long as we're within the same decade or so we can vibe. And it's just interesting how that develops over time. Um, Especially with shit like this. Yeah. Especially with shit like this. Well, I think it was like you, we saw, I mean, we'll tell the stories, but yeah, I, w- I was considerably older than you at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we wouldn't have hung out then. We wouldn't have hung out then. Um, that would have been weird. Yes. Um, but, you know, at least we, we would have had at least one thing in common if we did ever have to, you know, like share a cab together as children. Um, does, that, does that happen? <laughs> often? I'm just or... imagining. <laughs> it's like. Like hey, alone lost in New York moment yeah, between bro. the two of us. I'm trying to get to the airport. Which one? I don't know. <laughs> Let's just go. Um, so, I mean, but other than that, man, how you been, Tyler? I've been great. Um, uh, I think things are fine uh, from what I can remember right now. Um, next week, I'm going to Detroit. I Fuck certainly yeah, haven't dude. already been and am in still pain from it. Yeah, man. I I anticipate that that will be a killer time at Tide yeah, Down it'll Fest. Be, it'll be great. It's going to involve great hangs, great music, and just the right amount of self-destructive behavior. Yes. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing about that after after you've gone and played and, and seen everybody else play. I'm looking forward to dislocating a joint, most likely. Damn, dude. I really hope you don't hyperextend your USB again. <laughs> With that, I think we should probably talk about Tom Petty. Yeah, let's talk about Tom Petty. We're here. Um, <clears throat> Tyler, how did you get into Tom Petty, man? 
What's your story? Um, it was just playing in my house all the time when I was a little kid, when I was playing with toys and, uh, I, my, my parents were big, uh, big CD heads. Mm -hmm. So, um, they had the, the, I, I, I want to say, I think I've talked about this on an episode before, but they had like the catalogs and the buy six, get one free or all that Columbia house. Yeah. Columbia house, all that crazy shit. Um, and that was just a thing. My dad's a huge music guy. Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I still buy him CDs nowadays to, uh, to further his collection. Um, but yeah, my parents were just like constantly listening to music when I was a kid. Like I have vivid memories of the cranberries as a kid playing on the stereo while I'm have other things going on with, um, my imagination but mm-hmm. that was the soundtrack that was the background and uh tom petty was one of the first artists i think i could like delineate from others mm-hmm. and i liked it i liked tom petty i thought it was good because it is <laughs> but um i was you know a child and mm-hmm. i had uh had an interest in it i liked um i liked a lot of tom petty songs and my parents found it in them to take me to see him on the wildflowers tour um a child very way too young to be there i was i i think we've what so year was this again this was 95 95 so i was seven yeah, yeah I, was so I was 13 seven. and you were seven yeah yeah so we wouldn't have been hanging out then no um unless you were beating me up, up or something <laughs> I, I i wasn't that kind of kid yet yeah, but I would get into hardcore pretty soon after, and that would be, no. Yeah, unless you were like making me eat eat something in the neighborhood <laughs> that shouldn't be edible. This yeah. is the only interactions that thirteen year olds have with seven year olds is abuse. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could. Anyway, I wasn't that kind of kid, man. Yeah, I unfortunately was the kind of kid <laughs> getting <laughs> severely fucked with by older kids. Um. But, uh, but yeah, no, um, so yeah, I was seven. Um, I, I can remember, I can remember being up in an area where we couldn't see very well and we hadn't figured out that I needed glasses yet either. Mm. So it was fun to be there. And I remember my mom sneaking me down to the floor at one point and getting closer, but we did not have tickets to be in that section. So we eventually like kind of snuck back up to where we were supposed to be. But uh, that was awesome, man. Yeah, Tom Petty rocks. I rekindled my love for it as uh, as I got older. But when I was a kid, one of the reasons why we're doing the greatest hits in the second part of this Tom Petty uh, exercise is that was a CD in my backpack yeah. in high school. So like that's something that got a weekly play at least mm-hmm. on the bus or on the skate to or from school. Uh, before I got an iPod and then it was all punk rock for years after that. But as we've discussed too, well, one, that's awesome, Tyler. Like Tom Petty has been a constant, like yes. for both of us, no matter what other kind of like shit we were getting into or phases, right? Because like, I think most of us who have, you know, as we were getting into punk and hardcore, there would be at least a time period where maybe some shit we liked before 
we like distance ourselves from at least for I a was, time period. I became too cool to admit that the first Kid Rock record rips. Interesting. Okay. I became yeah. too cool to talk about the Beatles and mm. liking that at all. Never too cool to say Tom Petty's badass though. That's what's up. When you mentioned that Kid Rock record, I was like, yeah, there is we are different in age because I was already too cool for school by the time that came out and I've actually never heard it. Um, and now it kinda, I feel it kind of rips. It feels unfair to me now because <laughs> I'll, I'll never be able to give it a pure listen. Cause I'll always be just thinking about what a piece of shit he turned out to be. Oh yeah. Rather than being able to go like, dude, this like legit rocks. Um, <clears throat> I like buck cherry. Um, anyway, <laughs> I don't know. By, by, by that, I mean, I like, finding clips of the singer saying like outrageous, insane shit on stage and like forwarding it to people. Is that um, a thing he does? Oh yes. Maybe uh, I, I like Buck Cherry. Though. I have some shit to send you later. And like extend, extended like monologues while the band is like jamming in the background, like describing sex acts and things like that. That's the kind of shit he does. So it's that's pretty, pretty badass. It's pretty sick. You got to admit. Um, he also looks pretty good for his age and if he really has been using as much cocaine as he claims to. So, you know, respect, I guess. Um, but to that point, right? Like speaking of cocaine. Yeah, speaking of cocaine. Tom Pitt, no matter my earliest days as a hardcore kid, when I was like trying to fucking prove something, you know, like through it all, I've always loved Tom Petty. Um, have always like even even in the times when I wasn't like actively listening to him a lot, if Tom Petty came on, I'd be like, fuck yes, this is awesome. Um, and so Tyler, we, yeah, I, I share a super similar path in that I was introduced to Tom Petty by my parents. And the first time I saw him was on the Wildflowers tour. And it was me and my stepdad. And I look back on it now and it's just such a sweet story because I think, you know, this is him and my mom had just gotten married. Um, he knew that we had been in a pretty fucked up situation with my real dad. And at the time, you know, as a 13 year old, I was just kind of like, oh, he bought me a ticket to see Tom Petty. Awesome. I'm excited to go. Right. And now I can look back on it, though, as an adult and think like that was like a really kind gesture and also like those tickets weren't cheap. Um, and you know, he did that and like, it really meant a lot. Um, you know, just as an effort to like, I don't know, be nice to me, get to know me, whatever. Like he never tried to pretend that he was like my real dad or anything like mm -hmm. that. Right. Like he, to the day he died, I called him Mike. Um, but it just rules that we were able to share that together. Um, and I mean, I think I've, I'll bookend it, right, so to jump right to it. Like, Mike and I saw Tom Petty together in 1995. I saw Tom Petty again in the summer of 2017 in what ended up being one of his last few shows. Um, we obviously didn't know at the time, but I think it was like his third to last show. Um, and him and Mike died within a couple of months of each other in 2017. Um so I was, you know, I did a lot of listening to Tom Petty then still can't make it through, uh, wildflowers, the, the title track without tearing up. Cause we played it at his funeral. 
But I think it just comes to beyond like all those like personal connections. It is just for me, the gold standard of fucking rock music, you know? And yes. when I think about good songwriting and fucking rock and roll music, um, I always think about Tom Petty. And so he's been a constant. And as we're thinking about the shit that we enjoy, and especially on this podcast, like, I don't know, value or drawn to so much of that has to do with just like killer songwriting, you know what I mean? And, um, across like whatever different genres fall into Americana. And so when the idea came up to do a couple of Tom Petty episodes, it was like a no brainer. Um, but yeah, similarly, I'll share this, like the, the greatest hits album means a lot, not just because that was the one that I was spinning a lot too, but there's also, mm -hmm. I mean, what ended up being one of his most popular songs was a new one on that, right? Yep. It wasn't all just old stuff. So um, that's, that's something that we'll get to in part two. Um, yeah. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about some records, man. Yeah. And we're doing six records. So if we're not doing one that you wish we were doing, fuck off. We're doing six <laughs> records. That's enough. Exactly. That's fucking enough. That's fucking enough. And I feel like people got this, the, the Springsteen episodes, um, you know, a fair number of people wrote to us, which we always appreciate. And I think that was like understood. We are not claiming that this is going to be some kind of like comprehensive review. Um, so yeah, if you have different opinions about which six you would have picked, you should start a podcast and do that, not complain to us about it. That's what I would advise you to do. Yeah. And um, maybe we'll talk about Tom Petty again at some point. I'm sure we will. Um, but this was a matter of I heard a thing on El Corazon, a Steve Roll record, and I was like, I think now's the time to do the Tom Petty episode. Absolutely. When like the the influences that we knew were there were kind of like lights flashing right in our face. Um, much like the lights at Tyler's house just flickered because of the I know, storm dude. If the by. power goes off right now, I'm yeah. going to scream. Yeah. <laughs> if it does, I'm gonna pause preserve and we are going to loop right back in where we left off because nothing is stopping us tonight no. um so the records that we're going to talk about are tom petty and the heartbreakers self-titled first lp damn the torpedoes um full moon fever which is a tom petty record not a tom petty and the heartbreakers record although the heartbreakers are all over the fucking thing all as, over that thing yeah um wildflowers the She's the One soundtrack, and as we referred to earlier, Tom Petty's greatest hits. Um, so those are the six. We'll probably do three in this first episode and then hit the other three in part two. And uh, Most likely three this episode. That, is that makes sense, right? What's gonna, I think it makes sense. It's nice yeah. and symmetrical, uh -huh. but we'll just have to see what happens because the future is unwritten, just like Joe Strummer said. Um, so... Fuck yeah, man. Um, you got any other stuff you want to share about our man, Tom, before we start talking about the records? No, let's get in. Let's do let's it. Let's get into it. Self-titled. Self-titled. All right, man. Rocking Around With You. 1976. 1976. It's like not a great song to me. And that's why I've always felt like 
it's a little bit of a shame that this is what opens. It's also the first song he played the last time I saw him in 2017. It's to me like a not very great Beatles song is how this one comes across. So yeah. And that's the thing that I figured out in this exercise is, wow, there's so much Beatles in Tom Petty that I never noticed when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I never noticed when I was a kid, but I wrote, you know, I wrote hear the Beatles in this song. Um, I wrote, I hear the Beatles in this song and IDK if I really need it. Yeah. Cause I mean, um, weak opener. And, uh, and then, but because I listen to these things way too many times while I'm at work or driving or all the above, I wrote, and on the third listen, I'm into it. So you, all, you always end around. up coming around. I came yeah, around like on this one. there's something, I don't know if it's like a, it's, it's a form of Stockholm syndrome. If we just like put something you're exposed to it constantly enough, you're eventually going to be like, this is pretty good actually. Um, so if, if Tyler doesn't love what you're doing right now, just give it time. He will. He always yeah. comes around. Um, but no, I'm with you. Like, and we've, we'll talk more later. There's, there's a lot of other songs throughout these records that have that same kind of very clear Beatles influence that are great. Yes. Um, but this is, I, I agree with like your, your initial take of like, I'm just not sure that I need it. It's a um, weak opener a weak opener no 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 contest it's a weak opener absolutely um but then we move into breakdown and classic what i wrote on this is the hits are the hits for a reason yes um the first time i ever picked up a real fender telecaster all i wanted to do was play mike campbell's lead parts on this song it's like so simple but so iconic and then this song just to me has everything. We've talked a lot about how I'm a real sucker for like dynamics. If you can do quiet parts and then make it mm-hmm. fucking loud and huge. And this song really does it. It's got, it's got a rocking ass chorus, but it's also got some like really quiet, groovy Tom Petty swagger during yes. the verses. You know? It's he, he does the things, the strut, the strut. He does, call he, it. He, he does the Tom Petty things on this song. Mm-hmm. I, uh, my initial thoughts on this were uh, of the hits on this record. I always feel like this song is just fine. And third time's the charm on this track too. <laughs> From just fine to fuck. Yes. This There's so many Tom Petty songs that when I think about them, I'm like, Oh, that song's fine. And then I listen to it and I'm like, this song's badass." Well, and that too is like the sign of like, that's how his songs have like maintained such a long shelf life on like, you know, pop rock radio. Mm-hmm. Is that like they can just you truly can listen to it a hundred times and not get sick of it? If anything, start to appreciate it more. More because yes. because there are like think about there are songs where it's the opposite where it's yeah. like I used to love this song and now I listen to it and I'm like this is actually not that good. And there's Tom's songs stuff, I think about of his that I think oh that song's played out and then I hear it and I'm like nah it's still got gas. Yeah, you say it's still got gas or you like to your point about Beatles stuff like you notice something that you hadn't noticed before. Mm-hmm even on, you know, hundreds of previous listens, um, which is just fucking incredible. Um, so yeah, Breakdown to me is a is is pretty close to a perfect song. I love it. Um, Hometown Blues, a song like this is what the Grateful Dead would sound like if they didn't suck. That's what I wrote. <laughs> I think this song kicks ass. I think it's a certified little rocker and uh, I wrote Boss Vibes. 
Boss vibes for sure. I mean, and by that, I mean, like, I clearly, I like the song. It's yeah. like, this is what I wish the Grateful Dead consistently sounded like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's shit like this instead of endless noodling, you know? Yeah, you see, I like some of the Grateful Dead songs that aren't that. So, yeah, like, it, it, when it, when it, when people say, like, the, the Grateful Dead sucks, I'm like, I get it. Like, I would fucking hate that shit to be present. But that's that Casey Jones song. Pretty sick. Yeah. I mean, and that's it's, it, it's interesting. People like you and me like songs like Casey Jones. Um, but then like, I've never real, done cocaine in my life. Right. But like real deadheads would be like, Casey Jones, come on. Yeah. But well, what I like you. is the, Yeah, I know. They're like, <laughs> well, what I like is then. the 14 minute version of blah, 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 that they played at Soldier Field in 1978, you know, like that kind of shit. And I'm just like, I mean, this is not about shitting on the Grateful Dead, but my I'm I'm pretty open about it. I, I've never gotten over as a young kid who was first getting into metal, how scarred I was by seeing that fucking logo, not the bears, the skull. Yeah. yeah. Hearing that name. Uh-huh. And then finding and out what then it actually hearing is. the music. Cause I, in yeah. my head, I was ready for another fucking black Sabbath. Uh-huh. And instead I got, and I'm like, what the fuck? This can't be, this is the Grateful Dead. Are you serious? Um, they, they did have good imagery. They had great imagery, but that's, I've never gotten over that. But like, I felt duped from the beginning. Um, yeah. You so, see, I never had that relationship with them. I heard it before I saw the that's stuff. That's good. And I was like, I, I remember having like kind of the reverse, like, wow, that's their logo. <laughs> yeah. It, it doesn't match up at all. <laughs> <laughs> um like if they came out today with that they should get beaten up for like taking such a good name and logo um and wasting it on that crap man dude i remember uh like this was years ago but uh um my buddy ace who um i did his podcast a few months back uh shout out ace for, shout out yeah, richmond form of passion he'll never hear this he hates country music um but uh um he he had a tweet years ago that was man can you imagine if the band savage garden like what that would sound like today <laughs> <laughs> he's like that's that band would be badass it's so true dude i know savage very garden. cool what very a, cool those but i love savage garden also dude that, i mean i've definitely slow danced to they that song tracks. dude i definitely i feel like i had some moments with some you know, young love with that song playing in the background, dude. I, I think this is the second time I've brought up Savage Garden on this podcast. Also. This is a this is a Savage Garden podcast that talks about country music sometimes. Um, Truly, madly, deeply, incredible oh track, God. dude. I want to bathe with you in the sea. <laughs> Any, <laughs> dude, what a what a baller move! If you can write a line like that and deliver it with a straight face, you deserve. Yeah, anything. and kids are just roller skating to it. I was. Dude, fuck yeah, it's man. fucking badass. There's one Savage Garden song. I'm looking it up right now. Um, Jamie, can you look that up? Um, that's my favorite <laughs> bit. That's my Jamie, favorite bit that's that people what, do. That's crazy. Is that is that true, Jamie? I want you. That track, fire. So cool. Music video remember, is badass. Too. I think I just remember truly madly. It's the dance hit. Okay, I want you is the dance hit. It's fucking sick. I only know the slow jam. Um, yeah, shout out. I want to know. I got more. three tracks. Dude, I'd kill to have three tracks. I still remember, I mean, it was obviously not in like a hardcore context, but like 
I had a friend in one of the first like quote bands I ever played in basically meaning like we were learning instruments and like mm -hmm. got together and fucking played green day covers at his house or whatever. And it was awesome. And it was awesome. I mean, it was, I owe everything about who I am today to that. Um, his dad was a professional touring drummer for a long time and had like, you know, done studio work and all this stuff. And it, I remember, I don't know if we were listening to the radio or had like fucking MTV on or something, but like one, the, the concept of a one hit wonder came up. It's like, oh, your favorite one hit wonders from whatever. And he just perks up and he goes, people use that as an insult. If you had one hit, you are the top of the top of the top of the top man already. He was There's like, so many bands. Yeah. There's so many bands. So many bands. Full he goes, stop. He goes, I would kill to have been a one hit wonder. He's like, I did, I made a career out of this for 30 years and I never had a hit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that. And I was, I, I still remember that to this day, even though like, you know, 99% of my musical endeavors were never trying to make a hit. I still think about that quite a bit, you know, like it fucking, it's real, man. So many bands, so many bands, so many podcasts. Um, Speaking of boss influence, man. The next track too, the wild one forever. I can really hear like the Springsteen here. I think Tom Petty's vocals make it its own thing, but the way the guitars and piano work together give me real Springsteen vibes. Yeah, this song's my favorite song on this record. Fuck. It's one it's... of the few tracks that plays on the canned radio at my grocery store job. And I'm like, yeah, this one's this song's awesome. <laughs> It's amazing. I'm not, I'm not bludgeoning myself to death during it. And like, who makes those playlists, man? Like, because it's just a deep cut. Right. I'm not surprised to hear that Tom Petty was there, but like the fact that it was this song, which was not a single, um, made that God. playlist. That's something incredible. about the chorus, the way it like winds up. Yeah. And like, it just rocks. I, I love this song so much. Like I try so, so often when we're doing this to like not pick the obvious song to be my favorite one. Cause I'm a contrarian in my bones, but I'm also <laughs> like so positive about everything that like, I got to find the one thing to be like different, but also like incredibly enthusiastic and positive about. Yeah. I'm like a contrarian, but like maybe even more annoying. <laughs> I take the the worst elements of both and combine yes. them together. Yes. Um, the, the path least chosen that is most <laughs> annoying. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I love this song. I'm not even being an asshole. I know that there's better songs on this record, but this one just fucking, this one just does it for me. This is your song. No, I, I respect that truly, madly, and deeply. I'm um, going to, I'm going to shut my own power. <laughs> <laughs> um so anything that's rock and roll this is a fine song interesting i didn't do like a ton of research here this song was a hit in the uk but not so much in the u.s huh. and i don't know anything about that but yeah in 76 uh this was released as a single and it you know didn't really make much of a, a much noise in america but it was a you know hit hit the charts in the UK. So there's something about it that our British friends liked. Um, to me, it's a fine song. I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. This song is the first time in this, uh, in this exercise that I realized that white Reaper steals a bunch from Tom Petty. 
And I felt like an idiot for not realizing that sooner because it's now incredibly obvious to me how much they've been ripping off Tom Petty ever since like world's world's best American band, I think is like the one where they like really pull, but that's the one I've always been like, Oh, it's like kiss and thin Lizzy. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm hearing it and I'm like, Oh, it's like hardly those things. It's so much Tom Petty. It's Tom Petty. Yeah. And I, I love it. I love it. Um, one thing I, I wrote, I, I think the song rocks, um, but also I'm the fucking contrarian positivity guy. Um, and I, one one thing I wrote is undeniably a Tom Petty song, and Fact. this is where I I've came up with this is the strut he does the strut with his voice the vocal strut once you've recognized it folks you'll know exactly what we're talking about and right. it's it's the thing that if you were going to impersonate Tom Petty mm-hmm. this is what you would do that's how you'd make it distinctive absolutely yes. yeah 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 I'm with that and shout out White Reaper um dude they're so sick dude for being a great band new record's awesome new record's a hardcore record it's got a fucking agnostic front breakdown in it it's fucking sick oh shit i gotta listen it literally like there's a part on the in in i think it's the first song that straight up sounds like it could be out of cause for alarm it's badass that rules it does i gotta hear that now um and it's also just great to hear, you know, that they're like good dudes. Not that that is like all that matters, but you know, like it's awesome when people that you've known and have been around for a while and they're getting success and you can be like, dude, they fucking they deserve it. it. They deserve it. Yep. They've earned every bit of that. That's awesome. Um, and speaking of the UK, the next song, Stranger in the Night, is another one like, I don't really love it either, but it reminds me a lot of David Bowie. Um Another... I hear Rick Ocasek. I hear Rick Ocasek in this. Fuck yeah, Rick Ocasek, dude. And that's just, you know, first of all, rest in peace, Rick. Um, Seemed like a really cool guy. Yeah. And and it's, you mentioning Rick Ocasek reminds me, you know, I think for the longest time, I just associated him with the cars, which who are sick as it is, but like Same. recognizing, dude, how many amazing records he produced. Yes. Um, I had to look up to see if he had a hand in this or any Tom Petty. And he doesn't, except for the fact that Tom Petty obviously just likes his style. Yeah. And is aping him every now and then. Yeah. Because he does it all over these records. He really does. Yeah. Which makes me realize, because on, on, harken back to uh, White Reaper for one second, on You Deserve Love, the one after world's best American band. I heard that one. I go, Oh, they're doing the cars on this record. No, mm. I'm wrong. They're still doing Tom Petty. Still Tom Petty. Yeah. Still Tom absolutely. Petty. It's just the Tom Petty stuff that rips off the cars. Fucking Dude. great. Brilliant. I'd love, to, I'd love to talk to those dudes about Tom Petty. Um, fuck. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so the rest of side B, honestly, until the last track, American girl, are skippers for me. Although I will say mystery man sticks out to me <clears throat> as another good example of what I think the grateful dead could be. If they're interested in my feedback. Um, I'm sure they're good. I'm, I'm sure Jerry, this, this, this late. Yeah. Jerry Garcia now almost 30 years dead. And Jerry you know, Garcia's ghost is very interested in what this th- podcast thinks about his music. Well, he probably still remembers that I had in high school and I killed Jerry Garcia t-shirt. Um, which, by the way, I, 
to clarify, that's not true. I didn't. It was a satirical joke. Okay. I did not actually murder Jerry Garcia, but I did like to um, tease hippies. So where do you get a shirt like that? Uh, fucking Spencer gifts or Gadzooks or some shit like that in the mall. Beast. Everywhere, <laughs> anywhere edgy teen products are sold. That's in, so tight. In the late 90s, you could get Dude, that. <laughs> edgy teens don't have the opportunity to buy things in a brick and mortar anymore. They don't. That's sad. I got to tell you, though, I had a cousin of mine who's an edgy teen was just over here at my house and sat watching like reels on YouTube while everybody else was talking. And um, I had to like stop myself at one point from being like, yo, what the f-? like there was some. I'm a little worried about him is what I'll say. So I know. I, he's 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 getting his edgy. He's getting the edginess from somewhere. And it's just hard to know how much of it will fall into more of like a harmless South Park fart joke kind of way. And then or it could become something a little more sinister, you know, and the the YouTube algorithm is not our friend no. in terms of, of what it will continue to feed um, a curious teen mind. So um yeah, maybe I better give him a call actually. That's um but terrifying. anyway, yeah. He, well, he... speaking of fooled again, um I uh I got for this so if you've got nothing for these next few songs, I'll run through my thoughts. Yeah, please do. Um I liked fooled again and I wrote uh this point of the record I realized that this shit is so much sicker than I remember. Mm. Um cuz again, like I definitely listened to these records in the Spotify age, but maybe didn't listen to these records yep. the way i do for these um and i was into it uh mystery man i wrote a v chill track and uh i wrote counting crows or van morrison vibes for that song i could see that i hear van morrison a lot in this and i wish he didn't suck so bad um you mean I hear him in other songs too like as like as an insane like anti-vaxxer or as a songwriter yeah, yeah. Can't fuck with his songwriting. Um, Although I think Brown Eyed Girls played out. Of course it is, but that's not his fault. Yeah, I guess. You know. But um, yeah, but 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 him and Eric Clapton should fuck off. Oh, dude. <laughs> Eric Clapton though has been trying to tell everybody who he is for fucking fifty years, and he's a Thatcher uh, fan, right? Oh yeah, and and well, and before Thatcher was openly supported one of like the you know like. Uh, hard right national front like anti-immigrant british candidates you know nice like and from from stage there's recordings of him like from stage seeing this you know at the same time that he's stealing black music um no bricks in that room i guess guess not man um that sucks there should be bricks more readily available (laughs) i agree you know do you remember when um couple summers ago antifa was apparently planting bricks everywhere that just happened mm-hmm. to be like construction sites but yep. they normally don't have bricks around but um you know the worldwide uh soros funded antifa organization was going around putting them there activists are known to have hand industrial hand jacks that is just at their houses in uh, which yeah. they could transport things like that i have one when i fucking signed up for the new world order they shipped me one immediately it's like part of the introductory if you pay more you get a forklift that's incredible yeah i gotta work my way up to that level you gotta get like your cdl but it's uh it's worth it sick (laughs) 
we do love government regulations. It's um, pretty cool. Um, on to Luna. I yeah. actually like this song. You do, yeah. I'm not. Yes, I it. like this. Is something I came around to, like heavy. I on first listen, I backed away from this completely, and then on second, I was in for it. And then every single time I've heard it since then, this song makes it on a playlist now. Wow. Um, I, don't I, it, I think man. another song with heavy cars vibes, dude. I'm, I'm a sucker for the cars. I love the fucking cars. Same. I, I guess I'm like, I'm coming at it also being a big cars and Rick Ocasek fan, but just not, I don't know, not feeling that deep of a connection and not feeling the desire to like, keep listening to the song to make it, you know feel differently either yeah i can't remember if we've if we've talked about the cars enough for me to admit that i my suicide file tattoo on my uh on my ankle is from the song that he stole lyrics from the cars to name the i like the nightlife baby yeah dude that i have lyrics from that song tattooed on my ankle and when i realized it was a cars reference i loved that suicide file song and the cars even more dude i have a rancid tattoo that ripped off bob marley lyrics <laughs> what is your rancid <laughs> tattoo that ripped off bob when, marley lyrics? when the music hits i feel no pain at all i love that on a, where yeah, is this what is it it's on my it's a it's a boom box for radio so sad. and that's like you know above and that's a classic it. rancid tattoo yeah shout out to my friend al in memphis um no regrets tattoo who did that one for me um he rules and um yeah which i knew like i had heard it, it's a paraphrasing of the old like bob marley like you know w- when i hear the music i feel no pain line that's pretty awesome um but i wasn't thinking about that i was thinking about rancid obviously when i got the tattoo that's um, badass i also love bob marley honestly but dude same dude's same. got hits Dude's got hits. We both have rancid tattoos, right? No, you have a roots. Yep, I've got a little tattoo. uh skinhead yeah. girl on my arm that says roots radical. Sick. I love it. It's one of my favorite tattoos. I like one time was in Campbell, California, and all I could think about was finding a bus stop. Um I didn't actually do it. I was with people that wouldn't have appreciated mm-hmm. <laughs> what I was going for. Yep. Like it's all I could think about um, at the time. Sorry if there was a little boom there. I kicked the mic stand. Uh, this has been doomed from the start, but we're going to continue onward. Um, Into American Girl. American Girl, bro. This is your favorite song, Brian? No. Wait, what was your favorite song on this one? Breakdown. Oh, God damn it. But let me tell you something. The hits are the hits for a reason, just like I said about Breakdown. It makes me wonder, what if this was the opener on the record instead of it's rocking around with insane you? song to close on. Insane to close on. Based be, on the way it opens as well. Yeah, It feels like an opener, like yeah. in any sense for a record, for a live show. It, that, that's how it feels, right? Yo, speaking of the opening, so this is something I've added to my thoughts. So the... The, what do you mean added? Like recently, like I had my original ideas on this uh, and it's something on the last, on the last listen through I thought of Got it. that triggered with me is the, 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 the little exhale thing. I oh, call that the, pe- yeah. I call that the Pepsi noise. 
the Pepsi noise. Do you remember the ad campaign in the 90s where people would take a drink of Pepsi and they would go, <sighs> Yes. Okay, so two things. So, so <laughs> I have so two things regarding Pepsi that I had I had a thought about with that this song triggered, especially going back into like this nostalgia brain of me um of of you know Pavlovian responses. Yes. Do you remember the because you're older than me? Do you remember the Ray Charles Pepsi commercials? You got the right one, baby. Uh-huh. That one. When that song would come on before I could even walk, I would come crawling from wherever I was in the house. If that came on the TV, I would crawl right up to the TV. And I would sit in front of the TV and just rock back and forth to the commercial. Just like I Ray Charles does. Fucking just like Ray Charles does. Different reasons. I was a baby. Not blind. <laughs> well, as we've explained, I needed glasses, but we hadn't discovered that yet. True. Um, but yeah, I would come from I would that commercial would come on. My mom would be like doing dishes. She'd just look and just my little ass would come tearing ass down the fucking hallway to come sit in front of the TV and just rock back and forth. I loved it. I fucking loved it. That's amazing. Okay. Now, can I share something that legitimately might make someone rage quit this podcast right now? I mean, you might as well, man. And I realize that's an insane question to ask, especially however long into this podcast we are right now. There's a crazy thing I used to do in high school. I'm not going to get us canceled right now either i don't think keep going let's do it so i have a really hard time sleeping and there okay. were like points in my life when like i would stay up all night just like playing grand theft auto or fucking like just just being up in my room just being awake all night mm -hmm. um and i just wanted to stay up i was like a, like this weird feverish desire to like of insomnia and one thing I would do specifically at my mom's house, only at my mom's house, because we were a Pepsi household when I was a kid. If I was getting tired, I would go to this is so fucking gross. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I would go to the kitchen in the middle of the fucking night and I would open a two liter of Pepsi straight from the bottle. I would drink it until my eyes were watering. And then I would stop and like have to gasp for air and then i would close it back up put it back in the fridge and then just be up for like three more hours and i would do this on such a regular basis and i forgot all about this until like today i remembered this was an insane just because <laughs> the pepsi noise it re released this flood of memories Holy shit. of me being like I don't know what that says about me. I mean, I think we can trace all of these issues, Tyler, back to the fact that you were living in a Pepsi household at the time. I was living that's, in a Pepsi household. So I'm sorry if you hated hearing that. I'm a Coke guy now. Of course. Of course you are. And I mean, we're talking about popcorn, the movies every time. We're talking about a song called American Girl. This is a Coca-Cola song. This is a Coca-Cola song. That's right. This is one of the greatest um, rock and roll songs of all time. Of all fucking time you know i bet you know just that you know that little intro noise and the little guitar 
I bet even, you know, a computer program would know that. Could pick like, that up, yeah. Pick that up immediately, right? Mm -hmm. It's so, it's iconic. Yes. It's the sound, the sound of American rock and roll. Um, <clears throat> Tyler, I don't, I'm just going to let people decide for themselves what they think about um, that connection between um, my Pepsi story. I'm so the, sorry. The sound in the song connected I'm to the Ray, Ray Charles commercial connected to the new older. I mean, clearly the advertising worked, right? Cause it was yeah, something, something was implanted into your subconscious as a baby that was coming out through this like compulsive consumption of Pepsi in the middle of the night. Or it could have been my parents got Pepsi because I had that reaction to the Pepsi commercial when I was a kid. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know which came first, me reacting to the Pepsi or the Pepsi just being in my house. I don't know. But it was there and I was sucking on that thing. Yes, you Till were. Till I cried. Till you fucking cried. Incredible. Yeah. Um, Man, this is the most I've talked about Pepsi in a very long time. Same. Um, but now I'm I'm just thinking about commercials mainly. Um, well, dude, it's in the air. I don't know if you there I feel like yeah, a popular podcast, very popular podcast of also hardcore dudes, um, has recently engaged in the Pepsi challenge live on air. Um no few hard lore. Hard lore. Yeah. I, I did I didn't see it, but I saw they did it. You know, just so again, like twice in a week, I'm thinking more about Pepsi than I have in a decade. It's incredible. Um, That's Amer thing. American Girl, a wild song to close with, but goddamn, one of the so sick, just an iconic hit. Dude, one thing I I got from listening to this record is hearing how much this motherfucker in the '70s was pulling '60s rock influence, but then how much he shaped the '90s. Absolutely. With bands like Counting Crows and Wallflowers and stuff like that. Yes. Fantastic. Like he he carried that torch. Yes, absolutely. Because this is 1976. This doesn't sound like 70s rock. Mm -mm. No. I mean, the being able to like it being 1976 and you're able to write short-ish, punchy songs that aren't the Ramones. You know what yeah. I mean? Like when you know the, the Ramones were a response to so much rock at the time, having well, and you're not writing like this. pretentious like no. guitar <clears throat> nerd shit. Like yeah, like I mean, I like Zeppelin, but like that's when I think '70s rock. I think Zeppelin. Yeah, I think bell bottoms and very yes. long guitar solos and shit hair. like that. Very and, long hair. Yeah. And it's a testament too, not to both Tom Petty's songwriting and like Mike Campbell's guitar playing. Cause he fucking rips, but he doesn't have to like masturbate for fucking no. 10 minutes to show you that. Right. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. Very tasteful. Much like a huge swig of Pepsi, swig of Pepsi at three in the morning. <laughs> fucking crazy, dude. Oh All God. right. Damn the torpedoes. Damn the let's, torpedoes. Let's, let's do it. So then the Torpedoes, 1979. This is Tom Petty's first top 10 record. It made it as high as number two, and it stayed at number two for a long-ass time. The only reason? It was released at the exact same time as The Wall by Pink Floyd. 
Um, rough, rough hands. And in an interview later, I read Tom Petty, just a, a great classic Tom Petty line says, I love Pink Floyd, but I fucking hated him that year. So um, sick. So sick. So yeah, this was, this was part of the transition of Tom Petty from, you know, just like popular rock dude to like household name. Um, and I think a lot of that is because of, frankly, the way this record starts with several bangers right in a row. Yeah, several bangers right in a row. But I do <clears throat> think like this record, like first listen through, I thought I could possibly drop three of these songs outright. But after further study, I think the whole record is pretty good. But I feel like if any of his other records had come out that year, mm -hmm. they would have probably been fucked also. <laughs> uh, I, I think so. Yeah. But it's crazy to think that this one was the one that couldn't beat out the wall when I think there's so many better ones. Yeah. That deserve I... to get him there too. But I guess after that, he probably got up there with every other record. He did. And yeah, he ended up all right, man. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did fine. He played shows um, until he died. <laughs> I know. Like God, almost literally. And yeah. Think That's about how badass. How different of a story would it be though if like he releases this like excellent album and then like that was the end of his career. Thank God it wasn't. Um but yeah man. So this opens with Refugee. Um this is your favorite song? Yeah, man. This is my Fuck favorite yeah, song of this record. You nailed it. Um, dude, organ and guitar solos going at each other. Fucking Rips. dude, he's got the fucking strut and the vocals. Like mm -hmm. it's a, it's another like unmistakable Tom Petty song. Um, and it just every time I hear it, I get so stoked. Yeah, I, yeah. I wrote uh I really got nothing <clears throat> to say on this song except good good man there's a, i mean just everyone knows this song yeah and it, it's like the sim the beauty and the simplicity of it and you know again i'm a sucker this is when i think tom petty's at its best when he's doing the there's there tends to be the this, dynamics like, the dynamics the like mm -hmm. you know slow walking in the verse and then he picks everything up it's like baby and everybody comes with him you know what i mean oh god um, dude that part's so sick and then into you know how sick the the chorus is, I love the way the organ is on the song. Yeah, it's it's yeah that build up is so strutting, so strutting. So it's easily my number one. And it just feels too like this is a dude, the like confidence level on eleven right now. Oh you yes, you know what I mean. Like coming out with like, yep, I'm ready. Height of his powers. Yeah, right on. That's where he came out. Um, and then it goes into Here Comes My Girl, another hit. Um, I don't love it as much as Refugee, but just like a fucking great Tom Petty power pop rock song, man. Um, and I, the spoken parts on here, sometimes those like turn me off. But on this, I love them. They're like molasses. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. is, this is when Tom Petty reminds everybody, too, that he's from the South. He's from the South. Yes. Yeah. Um, the only thing I wrote for Here Comes My Girl, which I I think I do like more than Refugee, just because I've heard Refugee um, all of the times, 
mm-hmm. that you can hear a song. Um, I, all I wrote for Here Comes My Girl is a GD when the chorus kicks in, yo. So good. <laughs> That's right. I, I, I won't argue with that. It goes from there into Even the Losers, another hit. Um, yes. Where I also love, too, I, I feel like we talked about this and, and, you know, we'll get into it in reference to stuff that ended up on the Greatest Hits album. There's a sample, uh, you know, like recording on the album version here that wasn't on, you know, the radio version of the Greatest Hits. And at the end of the song, you hear a woman's voice say, it's just the normal noises in here. I heard it this time. Yeah. And I loved that so much. And so I had to look up the story and it turns out Mike Campbell was at home, like recording demos, like in his room or wherever on a four track. And it's his wife in another room next door. And he says like, he's like complaining to her that she's like doing something and making noise while he's trying to record. And she goes, it's just the normal noises in here. And I loved it. I love that they kept that in. So it's good. so fucking awesome. That fucking yeah. rocks. Um I uh sorry, let me oh never mind. I'm gonna have to wait for it to pop up again. Wait. Oh my god, where did you go? Are you still there? I'm still here, man, and you're still Oh my here. god, I clicked away from Zoom for one second oh. and uh Ashton's getting texts and it's dinging and I'm Um, so afraid that the mic's going to pick up. The mic is not picking them up. Okay, Um, good. And if you had clicked out, I would literally just finish without you and pretend you were there. That would have been sick. That would have been fucking sick. Um, But yeah, my my thing I wrote for uh, Even the Losers was uh, this record has so many hits. I was just like impressed with how this record starts. Dude, yeah. The the fact that like... three like songs that for so many people would have been career defining are clustered together. Just at the very beginning of this record, just the middle finger right out the gates. Yeah. And this, and still this relatively early in his career, you know, and couldn't like, beat the wall. Yeah, man. Roger Waters, dude. Um, <laughs> still touring on that. Um, which shout out. I love Pink Floyd. They're very different than Tom Petty. There's a couple um, Pink Floyd songs I think bang so hard, and then there's so much Pink Floyd that bores the literal shit out of me. I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, I think a lot of what I get into is like David Gilmore guitar nerd shit. And if I wasn't like, well, I'll admit like later, like, wasn't that awesome? And then if I'm thinking objectively about it, I'll be like, it's not a great song. I just love the way he plays fucking leads on it, you know? Um, but still, shout out. So Shadow of a Doubt, A Complex Kid, and then Century City coming after this. I I lumped these two together just because even the more, quote, forgettable songs on this record are still so fucking good. Like, these are good songs to me. I like them. But I thought Shadow of a Doubt was a skip. And then, of course, on another listen, I came around like I do. I'm curious um, if there's anything that on other listens you didn't come around to. Well, for me, I really didn't like Century City. And then I listened to it in the car and I was like, fuck, this is a driving rocks. song, dude. It's a driving song. rocks in the car. Yeah. Y'all know what we're talking about, right? There's some songs that when you're like sitting or, you know, standing, doing something with headphones, it's like whatever. But if you're driving, it takes on like a whole new feel. Yes, absolutely. And that one is definitely it. Mm-hmm. Um. It goes from there into Don't Do Me Like That, 
which is probably my least favorite of Tom Petty's hits. And this is my favorite song on the record. And this is Tyler's favorite song on the record because I'm contrarian in my blood. But I don't think, I mean, that's the thing. Contrarian may be compared to me, but maybe it is I who is the contrarian because this is a fucking mega hit. Man, it reminds me too much of Billy Joel. And I got a Billy Joel thing um, in that I think he is fine, but especially in the part of the country I live in right now, just outrageously overrated. I think Billy Joel's um, washed. He's very washed, man. But like, don't tell somebody from Long Island. Long Island, man. yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> um, or you know, where where somebody from Long Island will who somebody from Long Island who is a smart, sane, thoughtful person who generally has good taste in music will look at you with a straight fucking face and say something like. Billy Joel's better than Bruce Springsteen. Absolute insanity. Um, but that is, he's their guy. Um, huh. So I think maybe I don't give this song a, as much of a fair shake because it reminds me a lot of Billy Joel. It is undeniably catchy. And I looked up a story. When Tom Petty wrote this song, he considered giving it, or not considered, he offered it to the Jay Giles band because he thought, this sounds more like you than it does me. And they were like, no, you should record this. And he did. And it was a hit. But now that I hear that, I'm like, I could have heard Jay Giles band doing this. Um, yeah, I, I think I agree, too. I just I like the organ. Um, I even I even feel basic as fuck for loving this song as much as I do. But I think it fucking rips. It's catchy. I mean, I, I say undeniably catchy, even as I'm saying that I don't really like it. Right. Yeah, I just love it. I can hear it in my head right now. And it's so good. Yeah. I mean, and you you can't deny the strut though. He's oh, gonna, all over it, dude. Oh, you're it's gonna so get sick. hurt yourself. So bad. Someone gonna tell you lie, cut you down a side. Okay, I love it. Never mind. Yeah, it's great. It, it's for it's for you. You have to do more listens. For me, I just have to sing the sing song, yeah. and then I'm like, oh, this rocks. Now that I've heard me do it, I think it's great. Um, hmm. Yeah, fucking. I wonder what that says about you, but okay. Yeah, too much is what it says. Um, you tell me. You tell me what it says about me. So <laughs> I put, again, I put you tell me, and then the next one, what are you doing in my life together? Never songs that I reach for, but also not skippers, because the bass line on this record is just so elevated. Yeah, I think uh, you tell me is a, I wrote a nice little creepy track into it. Um, mm. But what are you doing for in my life? Um I said song did nothing for me originally, but actually it's fine. And I I think I've gone back on that and I I'm going to skip this song from now on. Okay. Right. I don't like it. I don't I, think I'm just I'm just happy to hear something didn't grow on you. Yeah. I don't really <laughs> like this one. This one this one grew and then soured. And then soured. Absolutely. Dude, right on. Um and to talk to contrast though, the last track thinking about from the self-titled record, American Girl. Louisiana rain first of all different vibe way different vibe and the there's you know the intro on this is like it's from a clockwork orange or like 2001 a space odyssey very like so long very like Kubrick like weird intro and then I like it contrasts a whole lot with how twangy of a song Louisiana rain ends up being because from that intro i would not expect 
a song with that kind of like twang yeah to come after it but i i think it's cool i think it's a cool track um this song reminds me of like lucinda williams dude i can totally hear that and it's not just because it's called louisiana (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh i i like i like this song a lot i think it's a great way to end this record in particular because it is such an a departure from his typical style i mean this is a podcast primarily where we talk about steve earl um and one thing we both talk about all the time is how he's able to switch styles with yes such grace and tom petty just switches it up on this song and just fucking knocks it out right like switching styles both with grace and it not feeling you know like posing cosplay yeah yeah it doesn't feel like (laughs) cosplay exactly um so that's damn the torpedoes man we're gonna once we get through all it's pretty cool it's it's pretty damn cool i'd say and once we get through all these we're gonna do our rankings on the second episode but um we're gonna skip ahead now 10 years and to be very very clear 10 years every record between this still has at least one killer track if not more and a Several of those we'll talk about when we get to greatest hits. There's, um, you know, in our decision to skip from this to full moon fever again, it's not to diss those records at all, but just to say like some of them, it's like they got a track or two. It's um, it's to say that Tyler really wanted to talk about. She's the one soundtrack. Well, and you know, I, I fucking came around on that having primarily just been familiar with walls, right. Which is an incredible song, but then coming to appreciate the whole thing. But, so we're gonna we're gonna jump ahead a decade to 1989 and talk about Full Moon Fever. So, as I mentioned earlier on this episode, this is the first Tom Petty solo record, meaning without the Heartbreakers. But dude, the Heartbreakers are on pretty much every track, at least some of them. Um, you know, and it, different members of the band contributing. Uh, kind of a similar arrangement to what Bruce had with the E Street Band, mm-hmm. um, in that they were there even when they weren't there. You know what I mean? Um, the other thing I noticed is uh, this was the first of several collaborations between Tom Petty and Jeff Lynn from Electric Light Orchestra. Um, and I've never been a huge ELO fan, but I like could hear some of some of the Lynn influence on some of these songs. And we'll talk about that. I've never really been an ELO fan either, but sometimes I wonder if I do like it and I just don't know some things are ELO. Mm. Well, it, I feel, you know, their, their biggest hit was a Springsteen cover. What um, Springsteen song? Blinded by the light. Okay. It's That's they did ELO? The, they did the song's the, Blinded by yeah. the light. Okay. Yeah. That song's all right. Um, I didn't know Springsteen yeah. wrote that. Yeah, he originally, it was on um, one of the first two records, either. Okay, the ones I don't listen to, okay. Yeah, the the pre, um, it, it was either the Wild, you know, the Wonderful or Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey. I could look that up now, but I'm not. It was on one of the first two studio albums. I need to, I need to listen to those. Dude, they're good. I'll, dude, it's, um, it's so hard to be a saint in the city is Let's probably- track. That's that's a track. If you okay. if you if you dig that track, then keep, you'll be keep listening. Keep listening. That's what okay. I'll say. Yep. All right. Yep. Um, I I wrote a a a, a thoughts on this re- on Full Moon Fever, 
Um, I wrote, this record is a fucking masterpiece. There are only a couple moments on this record that drag it all, and for the most part, every song has different flavors. It's truly an album for anyone with a pulse. If this record does nothing for you, I hate to inform you, but you're fucking dead. Well said, my friend. Like, a masterpiece. Yeah. And, and like, go ahead. It's so good. I literally, when I was listening to it for like the first time for this exercise, I was working overnight and I walked over to one of my coworkers and I went, man, I'm listening to Full Moon Fever by Tom Petty right now. And I forgot how good this record is. And I'm just over here by myself and I had to just tell someone right now. I had to now. just tell somebody. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Well, dude, it starts with an absolute perfect song. Free Fallen. Yes. Is this his biggest song? Uh, let's look that up. I feel like it has to be. I think I think there's a very, very good chance that it is. Um, well, and that's the thing. I'm going to say, look that up, Jamie. Um, yeah, Jamie, look that up. But, you know, and I'm going to go by one proxy for that, which is going to be Spotify streams, which is not the most scientific. And it is. By so many. By so many. By so many. Yeah. By 270 million listens. So there you have it. Um, it's, um, it's a popular song. That's insane. And yeah, like what else could you say about it? Jesus Christ. Yeah. And yeah. it has, oh, and I just contrasted it too with, because this is under Tom Petty solo with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And it's still several hundred million ahead of the heartbreakers which uh the most popular song with the heartbreakers is mary jane's last dance that's insane um that's over american no girl. sorry american girl then mary jane's last dance. Oh, okay apologies um but they're not that there's not that much distance between them as that's there pretty are fucking between wild. others yeah so is this yeah. your favorite song brian yes sir i'm generally pretty easy to predict you like the hits I like the hits, man. I got I got an ear for the hits. Like, you know. Well, you talked about feeling basic like and don't do me like that, man. It's I don't think there's anything basic about it. I'm a I'm just a sucker for a well written. But it's like song but if you like a if you like a Tom Petty hit, it's like, well, there's so many on there's every some, record. That's like, right. It it's it's more hits than not. More hits than not. I totally agree. The so other statistically speaking, you're probably gonna like a hit fact and i guess the other thing i would add about free fallen is i learned a lot of uh, san fernando valley geography from this song i also learned the line that i had been thinking about forever um vampires walking through the valley move west down ventura boulevard that was a reference to goth kids it turns out tom petty was calling goth kids vampires and he wrote that line observing goth kids walking down the street in the valley that's so badass <laughs> i know on this in this oh. exercise i realized how that the fucking a later song on this record is about goth kids as well and yeah, it fucking blew my mind that i never noticed that that's what that song is definitely about me neither dude late 80s la one there was a lot of goth kids around and two tom petty was noticing the goth kids that's what we know <laughs> That's so badass. That rocks. It really that's does. So, that's cool as fuck. It rules. 
Um, so yeah. uh, I won't back down, dude. So different than Free Fallen. But oh, yeah. also also close to perfect, just in a very yes. different way. Yeah, um, the guitar in the song sounds good, so good. Um, I wrote lower on my tier of great Tom Petty tracks, but an undeniable song, no, nonetheless. I totally agree. And there's, I the chorus, the way that the backing vocals and Tom's vocals go together, like mm-hmm. it always just gets me so pumped. Um, great song. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Love is a long road. This is one where I can say again, I'm not a huge ELO fan, but I can hear that influence there. Um, and it's making me think like, and in contrast to like, you know, some of the, I guess, rootsier stuff on Tom Petty's earlier records. So I, I like to think that a little of the Jeff Lynne influence is coming out on this song. Yeah, you see, I hear Okasic on this song. Spot on. And yeah. hear Cars. I hear Cars. Um, I think this song's so fucking cool. I, this, it's the scent. The scent is what makes me think mm-hmm. of Cars. And totally. um, I fucking love this song. It's a like, good song. Listening to it today again, I was like, God, I fucking love this song. <laughs> yeah, man. It's so sick. Um, A Face in the Crowd, underrated banger. I think the song's mids. Yeah, you do. Because I love it. Is that why? No, I just think no. it's I think it's one of the few mid songs on this record. In in my intro, I said it only drags a couple moments, and this is one of those moments for me. It it's in a hard spot for sure. Um I will agree that it is like not one of the strongest songs on the record, but um But it's in I it's going up against some fucking right. titans. And I mean we'll talk about it. I roll pretty hard with this whole record until the very end actually um so i'm i'm less of a skip in the middle and more of a what if we just cut it a little early is kind of where i come out um but let's go from this though to running down a dream um another big hit for the first time in re-listening to this i made an insane connection to danzig (laughs) actually the first two danzig records where Mm -hmm. like it's pretty much blues riffs. Yeah. The first, you know two Dan- I mean? the best two Danzig records, the best two Danzig mean. records. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But like where so much of the stuff that, you know, it's dark and heavy, but in a very like, Oh yeah. No, you know, like it's that, well, it's that guitar tone on running down a dream is that's the Danzig guitar tone. Absolutely. Like it's actually not that distorted mm-hmm. um, for, for how like dark and brooding it feels. It's like the gain is not maxed out on the amp. Um, but it but it does the job right i love it fucking rocks i for another dream all i wrote is i mean come on like dude really dude <laughs> that sucks so crazy it yeah i mean it's and it's like an anthem it's also like it's a song that rules anywhere i'm listening to it but like driving i can like on the highway specifically dude on the like i can as corny as it is it's like Bro, windows coming down if they weren't already when the song comes on, you know, like I'm that guy. Well, not on the highway. Well, maybe. Depend well, you know, in New York. You're not driving. Well, yeah, I guess. I don't, but in I New York, but then you're stopping. And this I is not I was a about stop to, and go I was about to say I get also. I don't really get above 40 um most of the time anyway. So I think it's fine. Um Yeah, I get above 40 on the regular roads. <laughs> bro, speed limit in New York City is 25, vision zero respect 
speed limit on my way to work is 40 in some places. Listen, I dude, I'm from Memphis. I get it. I'm I'm your classic, like when I'm driving, all the pedestrians and cyclists and other drivers are idiots. When I'm walking, all the drivers are fucking maniacs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever I'm not doing at the moment is the wrong thing to be doing um, is where I come out on it. So all that said, running down a dream rules and it I'm does. fucking running down a dream. You're running down a pedestrian of a, of a, I'm not, <laughs> I'm actually a very conscientious driver, especially just cause fucking, I just, I have nightmares about my fucking kid walking around and, Somebody just not paying attention, man. Pay oh, I feel it. I saw two, two way too small children, way too short and young of children walking around a parking lot the other, the other day. Mm. Bro, you with me? Yep. Okay, you cut out for a second. You Uh-oh. said two two short children walking around the parking lot. Oh yeah, and I just made a face. It was yeah. it was it was Dude. stressful. I say not my kids. I didn't feel comfortable wrangling them, but I was like, I really hope somebody gets those kids. I know. And as another son of the South, yo, bro, the trucks are too damn big now. Like that's why I keep looking. I I, I keep thinking about buying like a Japanese mini truck or whatever because what used to be, you know, (laughs) things are sick. A Ford Ranger now is the size of what my F one hundred was when i was a kid you know what i mean dude just... the insane thing i heard uh on uh on chapo trap house they were talking about the fact that they're making forward cameras on these trucks now in this, like this i mean again so like, you can see what's in front of you because like i'm a full-grown average size human and like if i'm standing in front of the truck and you're driving you can't see me that's, that's so what... fucking crazy dude it's and it's like fucked you know what i mean because for for every person who's driving one of those that's legitimately using it for a work purpose there are a hundred other people that have like are fucking accountants in an office park driving that shit Mm -hmm. you know what i mean this was me when i was in suburban atlanta for work a few weeks ago i was like you're gonna get your fucking f-350 stuck in the starbucks drive-through like why are you driving that thing man um a brand new one you know what i mean Dude, I love the extended the extended bed trucks that have to park across three fucking parking spaces. So cool. Just sticking it to Brandon, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so, um, but this song rules, and I like driving. Um, and I try not to drive like an asshole. Feel a whole lot better, man. Here come the Beatles. Dude, it's so catchy. Oh my it's god, it's so catchy. It's also making me think about we haven't talked about it yet, but like the other thing. Um, uh, that you know over the last 10 years between damn the torpedoes and this of all the great stuff tom petty was doing was traveling wilburys yes um, dude that's something i i'm like digging back into since this yeah and god it's so fucking good it's so good so like the beatles influence now might not just be like as a fan he's literally like played with members of the beatles yeah. you know what i mean so um but yeah it comes through for me here in a really good way yeah, this song was one of the ones where I I discovered something in this exercise of Tom Petty that I was dying to talk to you about is how much I can hear Tom Petty's influence on power pop, mm. modern power pop. Like, it's uncanny to me how much 
I think that he laid the blueprint down for what would be power pop in the 90s and 2000s and currently with bands like Super Crush and Angel Dust and yeah. shit like that. I hear that in it. The roots of all that music have a connect, you know, have a connection to Tom Petty. Absolutely. And I just never noticed it. Like he really did like carry a torch. Yeah. And even for people, like I bet there are people in some of the bands we're thinking about that aren't even fully conscious of like this is a Tom Petty influence. It's either I because hear so much lemon heads in Tom Petty. Oh, and absolutely. Just, and it comes right after this, they start. Yeah. Or no, they're they actually are starting around this. They time. had started at this time. Yeah, yeah they had started at this time. So like yeah. I hear so much lemon heads in, in that. And I I wonder like if that stuff got big enough. It well, they in particular got big enough for him to hear and mm -hmm. him to go, huh. I knocked I, that domino over. I, maybe. <laughs> I mean, and whether he ever realized that or not, he certainly did, man. Yeah. Um, so fucking cool. This yeah. song's awesome. This is my second favorite song on this record. I love that. It's not it, mine, but it's every awesome. time I listen to this song, I skip it back. Really? Every time. That rules. I get about two thirds through and I go, mm, I'm not done with it. I need it. I need it again. It's so good. Dude, this song is a cover. Did you know that? No. Who? Gene Clark from The Birds. Mm hmm. Huh. So it, it I wonder was, what that sounds like. Yeah. It kind of makes me want to go back and listen to it. It was first released by The Birds in 1965. This is the only cover on the record. Tom Damn. wrote everything else. Yeah. So it's originally a bird song. It's originally a bird song. Yeah. Damn. That's that's wild. I do like some bird songs. I don't know a lot. I know like, you know, turn, turn, turn. That's them, right? Yep. That's the that's yeah. That's them. Um, no, I'm definitely going to go back and listen to that after this to hear what the original sounded like. Dude, the birds are, some of them are on the Bob Dylan 30th anniversary thing that I like am still obsessed with to this day. Mm -hmm. um, it's fucking sick. They do some that good was. Bob Dylan covers or they did some good Bob Dylan covers. It's awesome. Fuck yeah. All right. Uh, you're so bad. I want to learn something today. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Right. On. I mean, thank you, Wikipedia. Um. So yeah, you're so bad. What I wrote about this mainly is like about the video for this song, um, which is a truly like insane. Which I've watched now and is insane. Yeah, it's just a, there's just a lot going on. I, rather than describe it all in detail, I encourage you to watch it. It's available on YouTube. Also, interestingly enough, um, Red Hot Chili Peppers covered this song at some point. Um, and so did Kathleen Edwards, who is an amazing Ooh. I can Canadian. see Red Hot Chili Peppers crushing this. Yeah, I think they did. Um, also, I don't know if we've talked about Kathleen Edwards. Um, she's a Canadian singer-songwriter that I got to see once open for uh, Richard Buckner. And I really got into her. Um, she's, to me, never been as popular as, as I think she deserves. But I've caught her a couple of times. Um, she has a record what's, called... What's the vibe? Um... Honestly, man, the vibe is Tom Petty. Okay, <laughs> like I'm looking it up right now. I'm saving this shit. Let's it's, go. It's country-ish, you know what I mean? But it's also like, it rocks. Um, let me, 
my favorite record is Failure. Failure, saving it right now. My um, dude. yeah, because it was that was when I first heard her. Um, but she's continued. I mean, you know, that was twenty years ago, and she's still doing it. But Failure, um, Failure's the one that is like still in my regular listening for sure. Fuck yeah, dude! I'm gonna listen um, to this. So I think you'll probably dig it, and it kind of it does. It's got quiet country-ish songs and it also has some rockers too so check it out but anyway she oh, covered yeah. this tom petty song as well your song. i uh this is one of those tom petty songs that when i think about the song i'm like uh yeah that's like a song and then i hear it and i'm like oh, this song's cool same I, I feel that way too i never reach for you're so bad but when i hear it i'm like this is a good song yep and now i think i'm just gonna think about the video because i somehow had never seen that before so 90s it's so 90s man and it's not even the 90s yet no it's the precipice of the 90s. Well, that's how much of an innovator Tom Petty was. <laughs> Thought leader he on weird-ass music videos. I know. He introduced it to us. I mean, and, and I guess since, you know, he had done um, Don't Come Around Here No More and that Alice in Wonderland video a little earlier, like this is, that was like his thing now. Yeah, that shit is like in my, embedded in my fucking brain. Like, oh, yeah. My dying brain will think about the Don't Come Around Here No More music yeah. video because i watched it so many times as a child same same um not his best song by any means but probably the imagery most associated with him um over time so the next two songs depending on you and the apartment song um i put in the category of not skippers but they also don't really stand out to me depending on you is my favorite song I knew you were going to say that. Actually, I had no idea you were going to say that. Um, tell me why. The chorus is so good. I love it. I love the way the chorus like winds up. It's just, it's awesome. I It's so catchy. Every time it comes on, it's just an explosion. Um, and one thing I wrote is, uh, um, I feel like life is better for that dozen or so seconds every time I hear it. That's beautiful, man. I'd love to feel that way. I'm going to listen to it again and try to feel that way. <laughs> it's just an explosion, dude. It's so good. It's such a good vibes. I also like realize like, like when looking at like my favorite songs, like in of these records, they're all like the sappy ones. It's interesting, right? Like, like the wild one. And um, I mean, I guess don't do me like that's not really sappy, but like some like, I don't know. I'm just I'm just a soft bitch, dude. And I love depending on you. It's fucking awesome. It rocks. I'm just a soft bitch, dude. I need you to say that on stage in the inclination show. Dude, I talked or no. I didn't talk about it. I will. Please do. Please do later. Oh, with that fest you're about to play. Yeah, that fest I'm about to play. Hell yeah, dude. I bet it's gonna be sick. Yeah, it's gonna be badass. Shout out tied down. Mm -hmm. Um but the apartment song, um, uh, I'll share this with you for the first time right now. I haven't before. Um, this song is like a nostalgia song for me, and it really does take me back to being a kid in the background of my house. And I'm just like playing with Z-Bots and G.I. Joes. That rules. I don't know what Z-Bots are, man. They were super fucking cool, man. They were really badass. I think they might have been cheaper than G.I. Joes because I had so many of them. No rules. My parents would roll home with so many of these fucking things. They were super sick, though. They had machine guns and stuff. They were cool. 
I don't know what they were. I don't know what they made sense. They weren't from a cartoon. They weren't anything. They were just a toy I had a million of. That rule, dude, as you're talking about that, like, going back to back of, like, the, you know, um, how how good the chorus of Depending on You makes you feel, and then the nostalgia of the apartment song, all I can picture in my head is me being, like, that Post Malone meme going, like, hell yeah, man, that's amazing. I don't know what that is, but I don't. You, I you also would, hardly know what Post Malone looks like. There's a he he seems to be a very nice man um, with a lot of tattoos. Um, he's the one with all the tattoos. Yeah. He's the one with all the tattoos. But he. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to turn this into 40 year old white man explains a meme on a, a podcast. That's great um, audio. That's great we've audio. Got, we've got other people taking care of that. But anyway. Dude, I am looking at Zbots right now on Google, and fuck, they were so <laughs> badass. You should have held on to them, man. Nineteen ninety-two to nineteen ninety-four was oh, the time period that they. I should have. I don't remember these. That I was, I was still, ah, the beginning into that. I would have still been into it by ninety-four. I was already a brooding young goth. Um, they were a oh, they were a micro machines like connected thing oh. made by Galoob. Galoob. Um, what? Yeah, they're fucking badass, dude. They're super cool. Everybody look up Zbots. They're fucking cool. Kids don't get, have cool <laughs> weird toys like this anymore. I'm surprised they never made an appearance in a Tom Petty video considering how cool they are in the 90s. Oh my god, especially. you can get these for like $25 <clears throat> on eBay. They're fucking cool. <laughs> Fuck yeah! I just said you should have held on to them, man. You could have been making some. I'm not that you would ever sell them if you had them. No. Um, let's move into all right for now. Yeah, I I'll had... stop looking at Zbots. You can do that later. Um, I can lose this song. I think it's a quick, simple, beautiful song. I don't want to lose it. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to make any more of an argument by that. But like. Dude. I'm a soft bitch. This song's too soft. <laughs> too soft. I was like, I was literally just thinking about it. like you said you like the soft shit, man. The last two songs on this record are my skippers. I would I would do all right for now, and then that would be the end of the record. That's so um, insane. Because I'm a soft bitch and I love a mind with a heart of its own. <laughs> I really don't like it. And I think Zombie Zoo is cringy. Um this is where it's not a strong closer. You made the reference to this earlier, and I think the goth reference in Free Falling I thought was really cool and clever. And then in Zombie Zoo, he sounds like "Get Off My Lawn" with A your boomer, yeah, like boomer. What's with these kids with the dyed hair and the lipstick? And he just—I don't know. Tom Petty was just clearly very consumed by what was My going goth. on in the goth scene <laughs> in LA in the late eighties. And he was just concerned with the youth of the nation. He was, I mean, cause I guess here's the thing. Tom Petty was probably looking at those kids at the goth club and assuming that they weren't Tom Petty fans. That's where you were wrong, brother. Everybody's a fucking Tom Petty fan. Everybody. The goth kids, the normies. And the thing is, this song punks. sounds like a song that goth kids would dance to. This song's Dude. dancey as fuck. So he I probably, he probably was actually like listening to Christian death and sisters of mercy to try to understand more because that's the student of music that Tom Petty was. Yeah, no, I just said this song isn't a strong closer and that's what I originally wrote, but then I did write an addendum on this and I said, actually listening to this on the way home from work at four 30 after an overnight shift. And this song is sassy and rocks. 
this was you <laughs> like tweaked out of your mind, the equivalent of you tweaked out of your mind coming home from the goth club at 4.30 in the morning. I wrote um, that while driving. <laughs> Tyler, we've been talking about safe driving practices on this episode, and that is not one of them. Brother, I write so many notes while I'm driving. <laughs> All right. Please don't drive while my kid's around anywhere. Um, oh, shit. Well, dude, even, but this, to get back to just full moon fever as a whole, I got two songs at the end that I would cut off and I still think it's an absolute masterpiece. You know, it's a fucking brilliant record. Yo, there's one thing I want to bring up. Um, do, do, do you want to break kayfabe? Yeah. I think anybody that's truly listened to this entire episode deserves it. They've, they've probably figured it out. We they might have record this episode again. This is the second time friends. Um, I got, I uploaded our first conversation and for the first time ever, in all of 16 episodes of Hardcore Troubadour, I used uh, copyrighted material as I have in all 16 previous episodes of Hardcore Troubadour as you, as for, we do. Our, for our intro music. And as like, frankly, most podcasts I listen to mm -hmm. do, um, big and small. And uh, the uh, powers that be picked that up and said, no, sir, this is, you can't have this. Here's the problem though. I think for most people, that would have been fine. Okay, I'll just take the intro music out and re-upload it your boy um to save space on the hard drive of his ancient computer after i upload it to the rss site that feeds the podcast to everywhere that you might be listening you know apple spotify everywhere else i delete the file because why would i need that i have it uploaded into this cloud this secure cloud that i have right and so for the previous 16 episodes that is true I don't need to have it on my hard drive because I have it safely in the cloud. But because uh, this was not uploaded and was flagged, no copy of the previous episode exists anywhere. And um, lesson learned from your boy over here. But uh, I got to say, it was as much as I felt uh, a little embarrassed about this whole thing, I did really actually enjoy getting to talk about these three Tom Petty records with you again, Tyler, not just for um, digging into them again, but like, I feel like we hit the best of the same vibes from what I remember of the first episode, Uh huh. but also um, we, we got the Pepsi shit. story. We got the Pepsi. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So like the, it was clearly, you know, I don't, the universe was saying like, hey, bro, there's something really important that needed to go out there and you didn't hit it. So I'm just going to take care of this and make sure you have to do it again. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So uh, thank you guys for uh, for listening to this. Um, I hope it was worth us doing it twice. <laughs> I already feel like it was, but, you know, we'll leave it up to the <laughs> listeners to see how they feel. Y'all, we appreciate it. Part two that was recorded before part one coming very soon yo and also i just want to say because this is being recorded after part two uh, a thing righteous gemstones new season sturgill simpson's in it pretty funny. oh shit that's yeah. awesome yeah shout i gotta out check sturgill. it out shout out sturgill he plays a, mo right. a, a, a christian militia man <laughs> of course he does that's amazing okay i gotta watch that this week all right friends thanks for listening peace <laughs>